Good morning. I'm so glad you could be with me today as together we get into God's Word, verse by verse, seeking to unfold what it is that God has gone to the trouble of revealing from heaven in his God-breathed scriptures. We've been working our way in the book of Romans, verse by verse, seeking to understand the implications of the things that God has said. We're in the first chapter, and I want to pick up the reading today in verse 26. For this reason, God gave them up to dishonorable passions. For their women exchanged natural relations for those that are contrary to nature. And the men likewise gave up natural relations with women and were consumed with passion for one another, men committing shameless acts with men and receiving in themselves the due penalty for their error. In the latter part of the first chapter of Romans, if you've been with me for a number of days, and if you haven't been, please go back and listen to those sessions. But at any rate, in the latter part of the first chapter of the book of Romans, we're examining some of the tragic consequences that emerge in people's lives as an outgrowth of their determination to reject the truth about God, reject that truth that God has innately put within them, and also that he is given witness to within the world around us and within nature. The gospel was given to us to be a solution to our sin, which inevitably separates us from God. But these verses later on in the first chapter help us to understand that sin not only separates us from God, but sin also corrupts and enslaves us as individuals. And God, in response to our resistance and rebellion against him and conscious determination to seek to run our own lives and not honor him as God, God says he gives us up, gives us over to certain things. Verse 24, verse 26, and verse 28 uh, use that phrase, God gave us up, to describe those things. And God gives us three examples in those verses of things that prove sin's corrupting and enslaving characteristics. The first of them had to do with impurity. The second one, which we'll be looking at today and over the next couple of days, has to do with per sexual perversion. And the third one, which we will get to, has to do with the outgrowths of a depraved mind. In verses 24 and 25 that we've looked at over the last two days, we were highlighting the problem of sexual immorality, impurity expressing heterosexual urges that God has built into us as people created in his image, expressing them improperly. And we talked about how that word impurity shows itself by adultery, fornication, pornography, and other such distorted expressions of heterosexual sexuality, expressions outside the framework of marriage, which is God's designed place for a man and a woman together to righteously express sexual passion and urgency. Today, starting in verse 26 and 27 that I read to you, we see a second picture, a second proof, a second context into which we see the enslaving effects of sin and depraving effects of sin, corrupting effects, in the human condition. God has given people up to perversion within them. They are not merely sexually immoral, but they are also perverted in their sexuality. 
Last time we discovered that even sexual immorality, impurity, heterosexual uh, expression used improperly can hurt us, dishonor us. It, it degrades us. And the culture around us reinforces us. It pushes us in that direction. Now we discover an even greater perversion and corruption that can occur in people's lives. Unnatural, perverted sexuality. The term dishonorable passions that we encounter in verse 26, for this reason God gave them up to dishonorable passions. That particular word, actually it's two words in the Greek, and it describes passions that are expressed in ultimately degraded ways, shameful ways. Uh, the Greeks use that terminology that that we encounter here in this portion of Romans chapter 1 to describe what we would label today sexual perversion. Innate sexuality that ends up being expressed and pushing people in directions that are inevitably perverted. Now, these dishonorable passions that we're talking about here can have multiple expressions. There's multiple ways that sexuality can end up being dishonorably expressed and depraved in a person. But all of those ways unite together in being ways in which sexuality, passion within, is expressed in non-heterosexual manner. Now, not all heterosexual sexuality is proper. It's sinful when expressed outside the framework of marriage. And of course, that's what we've been looking at in the preceding verses. But now God is talking about that level of sin's corruption, where people are expressing uh, sexuality in ultimately depraved ways, ways that no longer reflect heterosexuality as God designed it in the human being. Sexuality expressed not toward the opposite sex, but toward one's own sex. Verse 26 tells us that this example of sin slavery, this dishonorable passion, is women, for example, women exchange natural relations for those contrary to nature. And if you're looking for a descriptive phrase to cover what's included under dishonorable passions, that phrase, contrary to nature, is a good way to describe it. Literally what that means, things that work against the very nature of creation itself, how God created humanity to be. It's possible to end up functioning in a way that is in contrary picture to your innate created way to be. And sexuality certainly fits into that particular category. The sexual drive in a human being due to sin, due to sinful expression, due to the being the recipient of the sins of others, can end up becoming corrupted. It can end up becoming twisted and ultimately can end up becoming perverted. And so we're talking here not merely about immorality, impurity, although the things we're talking about here are immoral and are impure, but we are talking about things that actually have become corrupted and twisted, perverted, things that are immoral, things that are 
twisted and perverted. The sex drive is no longer working in the way God designed it to work. And there are a number of examples that fall under this category as we seek to understand this in the scriptures. Uh, what did the Greeks see as fitting under dishonorable passions? Well, they would have included in that, number one, pedophilia, uh, allowing your sexuality to end up being expressed toward children. Another thing they would have incorporated under that is what is called bestiality, where someone allows their sexuality to be directed toward and expressed toward animals. One of the ways that one can show contrary to nature dishonorable passions is in what is called homosexuality, where the sexual drive is directed toward someone of one's own sex. But the word also included a wide variety of distortions and perversions, things that I think are best described as that range of things that include underneath the LGBTQ, etc. sort of description in our contemporary society. The complexities and distortions of all sexual expression, all sexual expression outside of heterosexuality. So God is identifying this problem, and there's much more to say about this, and we're going to look more in it over the next two days. But God is drawing our attention to it and saying, listen, as a consequence of stubborn resistance to what is true about God and a refusal to believe it and a refusal to turn and find in the gospel the power of salvation, God will give people over to the corrupting and enslaving effects of sin. Not merely the slavery that comes from impurity, but the slavery that comes from perversion. Well, join me tomorrow as we look at these verses further and seek to understand more of this second characteristic, this second proof, the characteristic of slavery to sexual perversion. Join me then, won't you? God bless.